0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, November 7, 2011. I'm Caleb Brown. Who caused the financial crisis and Great Recession? In some sense, we all did. That from Cato Institute Senior Fellow Jeffrey Myron at a Cato Institute City Seminar held last month. This is a portion of his remarks. Now, of course, a basically healthy economy can deal with a little bit of excess optimism for a short period, just as any individual who got a little bit carried away by a recent pay raise, a recent promotion, you know, a recent windfall from a relative who passed away. If you go out and splurge on a one flat screen TV, okay, that doesn't change everything. But if you start spending at an excessive rate, inconsistent with the income you're going to earn over your lifetime for an extended period, of course something eventually has to give. And that's what happened to the U.S. economy in my evaluation. At some point in roughly 2006 or so, people began to realize that the situation was not sustainable. Worries about entitlement growth, worries that housing prices just didn't make any sense whatsoever, uh, started to kick in. So all of a sudden, consumers realize, you know what, we need to start spending less. We need to start saving more. We can't afford what we've been hoping we were going to be able to afford. Businesses realize this, so they're going to cut back. Financial markets realize this, so of course, they're going to crater because the balance sheets of financial institutions were based on assumptions about the housing market that were clearly inconsistent with any actual reality. And of course, all that sounds like exactly what we've experienced. So what's going to happen to that economy? Well, consumption is going to decline because consumers are retrenching. They are quite sensibly, intelligently deciding, geez, it's time to deleverage, that is, spend less, save more, borrow less. Firms are going to cut back. They're not going to want to invest nearly as much or hire as much because they don't expect to be able to sell nearly as much for a a significant period of time. Likewise, banks don't want to lend, not necessarily because they're worried about risk, not because of anything to do with the crisis. Simply, they don't think the economy is going to be growing and businesses are not there banging on their doors to be able to get funds for new projects. People don't think there are a lot of new good projects out there to be done. And the housing sector, of course, is going to retrench hugely because it was enormous overbuilt, the only sensible thing to do when you have that much overbuilding is to stop building for some extended period of time until you get back to some reasonable balance. Now, if that's the right view, what exactly can policy do eh, to make things better? Well, Keynesian stimulus spending isn't going to work because the problem wasn't that there was a shortfall of aggregate demand. Keynesian stimulus spending on projects that were really good, sensible things that the government should have been doing independent of the recession. Well, of course, those are fine. Those are always fine, but there's very few of them. Keynesian stimulus spending that's just trying to spend money as fast as possible to pump up the economy is just wasteful. It's going to make things worse. What can monetary policy do? Well, it perhaps can be useful by providing liquidity in the midst of the crisis, lowering interest rates and lending freely, was at least a defensible thing for the monetary authority to do because one, everybody expected it to do that, and so if it had stopped behaving that way right in the midst of a crisis, perhaps things would have been more chaotic. But it can't fundamentally change the reality that the economy as a whole borrowed like crazy, didn't invest with all that borrowing, it had a big party, and so now all those resources are gone. Nothing you can do with monetary fiscal policy is going to change that. What about the prescriptions that would come from free marketeers? Small government policies, reducing discretionary expending, reforming the tax code, less micromanagement from the EPA and the FDA, repealing Dodd-Frank, Obamacare and all that. Well all of that, in my judgment, is imminently desirable but it's far less obvious that it's going to make a huge difference at least for some period of time. Why is the, even if we did all the right things, is that probably not going to make a huge difference in the near future? Because it's not addressing the one fundamental thing that is crucially, okay, slowing in my judgment, slowing down the economy, and that's entitlements and Medicare in particular. Okay? Medicare is large, okay, as Scott Rasmussen indicated. So is national defense or Social Security. But in contrast to those two things, Medicare is growing, projected to grow at a rate much faster than any economy will ever grow. Okay, so it's. Absolutely unsustainable. It's going to crash in a way that will make Social Security seem like okay, a dream come true. Okay? So it's the one element okay, of our current re- of our reaction so far to the crisis and the recession that's completely inadequate. It's the one way in which we have in- done nothing okay, to reform our optimism. Nothing to make our spending in line with what we can possibly afford. Of course, politicians don't want to touch Medicare. Hey. Okay? Ron Paul talks about it a little bit. Okay, He's probably not gonna get elected. Okay, Paul Ryan talks about it a lot, but he's not running for president. Politicians who want to get elected don't feel they can take on Medicare and that that's the one thing that we need to do. So, to sum it up, okay, my bottom line is, okay, basically, this might be as good as it gets. Why is that? Okay, I don't think the liberal view of the crisis is right. Okay? Um, But so I'm I'm in no way, shape, or form endorsing that. I think the conservative, the libertarian view of the crisis has many important elements of truth. But if we do all the libertarian things but don't reform Medicare, we're not really solving the fundamental problem. A fully honest assessment of the recession and the crisis and all that suggests that we all played a role, we all went along with getting promises of benefits from the government that were unsustainable, and until we do that, until we recognize that we can't afford that, Medicare in particular, we're going to have an economy that's going to be a mess and that's going to grow slowly. I know that's not very optimistic. Scott Rasmussen's bottom line wasn't very optimistic, but I'm afraid I have to share that. um, If there's anything anybody can do to change the attitudes about Medicare, that's a huge part of what we need to do going forward. So let me end it on that note. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm afraid that I'm right. Thank you. Jeffrey Myron is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work or watch some of his recent TV appearances at our website, Cato.org.